Will you open up with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 11? Acts chapter 11. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 21. Uh, we are in this uh, sermon series uh, that... Let's go ahead and shut that off. Uh, let's, uh, we're in a sermon series that's entitled uh, 2020 Vision. And the whole idea behind the series is to make sure that we line up uh, for God's vision for the church, what the church uh, should look like. And, and uh, through our, our time where we meet together as leaders, uh, we've had a, a chance to, to draft together a, a way to express how we want this community to look under God's rule. And uh, so today we're going to talk about this topic of, of live, work, and play. Uh, let's begin in a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, move on from there. Uh, Father, we are uh, grateful to be here, uh, grateful for your amazing grace. And as we have celebrated uh, your rule here on earth, as we have celebrated your work uh, through, your, through the world, uh, we, we glorify and honor your name. I pray, Father, that at this time as we gather together and look at your word, we pray that your word will speak to our hearts. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jessica is uh, in the nursery this morning, uh, so you'll just have to trust my word on this. I remember when she and I moved to Knoxville uh, 15 years ago from Cincinnati. Now, we both went to college here in Knoxville for four years. I had a part-time ministry in Blount County, but we really didn't know much about this area here. And I remember looking for apartment. Almost every apartment manager noticed that I was a minister and asked where, and my response was always Lonesdale. And nobody knew where Lonesdale was. And it was Becky Pyle, your daughter, Francis, who, who, who called me out on it. It was like, it's not Lonesdale, it's Lonsdale. I remember we looked over here on Wilson Road. Uh, we looked at Carriage Hill Apartments. It's, what, a mile from here? And we thought we were clear on the other side of town. We didn't even know we were this close to the church. It was a, quite a challenge to move to a new area. Where would be some good places to eat or some good places to hang out? Where could we meet new friends who could live near us? Where would Jessica work without having to travel a crazy distance? And if we're honest with ourselves, moving to a new area is hard. What would go through your mind as you move to a new area? Where would you try to meet new friends? How would you decide where to live? How would you decide what church to go to? Cornerstone has uh, some incredible missionaries. One that we support here in Knoxville is a very interesting and incredible ministry. Benito and uh, Patty uh, Lopez uh, live in our community here in Lonsdale. Benito was born in Costa Rica. He married this American girl named Patty. He and Patty had a very good life in Costa Rica. He, he was an accountant there, made good money for the country. 
But God led Benito and his wife to give up their comfortable life in Costa Rica and move here to Knoxville. And Benito and Patty chose the community of Lonsdale because many speak Spanish around here. And he considers himself a pastor to Lonsdale. He receives a very small salary from Fellowship Church, works as a translator to the people. He teaches ESL. He chauffeurs several in the community to doctor appointments, to visa appointments. He prays. He shepherds. He evangelizes. He does all he can for this community. And he gives of his life freely so that the community will know that Jesus is Lord. What an amazing story. And as I read Acts chapter 11 this week, I was reminded of the Lopez's and their story. Let's read. Now those who had been scattered by the great persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only among the Jews. But some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's hand was upon them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Amen? What an incredible story. Acts 11.19 is a transition passage in the book of Acts. Luke uh, mentions two major stories that led up to this story that would then transition the rest of this letter to talk about a message to the Gentiles. The first story is actually in Acts chapter 6 and 7. You can take some time to read through that story. It is the story of Stephen who was chosen as one of the first deacons in the church. Stephen met the needs of the Grecian widows in the Jerusalem church. He was chosen because of his incredible faith, his wisdom, and Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He did did incredible, miraculous signs. Stephen did incredible wonders. But his ministry ended short because he was confronted by the Jewish Jewish religious elites and they could not match his wisdom. And what happens if you can't match their wisdom? They rallied together some troublemakers in the city and they had Stephen arrested, took him to the high court of the Jews, the Sanhedrin. And Stephen had the audacity to preach the gospel to them. They called it heresy. And Sanhedrin had Stephen executed by stoning, and it began this great persecution in the Jewish community, where Jews began to seek and kill and imprison Christians. And so they were scattered. The other major story that leads up to this passage is the story of Cornelius. In fact, Luke just finished talking about the story of Cornelius. 
Up until we reach chapter 10, there has been zero conversions recorded of the gospel reaching the ears of Gentiles. Up to that point, Luke had only recorded the gospel preached to the Jews and the proselytes, uh, the Gentiles who became Jews, who converted to Judaism. The Apostle Peter was given this this vision of clean and unclean food that was brought down from heaven, and the voices said, get up and eat. But Peter was a religious zealot for the law. And he said, I would never eat unclean food. God commanded Moses, don't eat unclean food, and I am listening to that law. But that dream, that vision happened several times. And after the vision... The Holy Spirit told Peter to go to the house of Cornelius, and boom, Cornelius' servants arrived at the door. Peter shared the gospel with Cornelius that day, and he and his whole household was baptized. And we read that today, and we know that God was opening up the door for the Gentiles. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 9, is that transition to where the Gentiles and the Jews could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ outside of Jerusalem. These folks who were driven out of Jerusalem were now forced to live in a new city, new community. Maybe there was different languages. Maybe it was hard to communicate at times. Maybe there were different cultural situations. Maybe the people lived and, and played and worked in areas that they may have been a little bit uncomfortable. Imagine with me that you were called to be a missionary. God says to you, I want you to move your whole family to Tijuana, Mexico. Come on now, pack up. It's time to go. And how would you prepare for your new stage of life? First, I'd probably go to Bill Hoff here and try to learn me some Spanish, right? That's probably the first thing I do. I learn the, the language of the people. Next, I would probably try to decide where I'm going to live, where I'm going to minister, right? Luckily, in our modern age, we can access data that recognizes community demographics, right? Do I minister to a poor community and help the needs of the people? Do I find an area where people are unchurched and and need to hear the gospel? Next, I'd probably choose where I'd want to live. And I'd probably want to live close to the people to whom I want to minister, to whom I want to reach with the gospel. And the rest of the steps are all practical in nature. But all the decisions leading up to the moment that I move are based on ministry. Why? Because God called me to move. Every decision I'm going to make is going to be built on the idea that God has called me to move. We're not told in this passage how the people decided where to live and what kind of decisions were made up to the point of the move. And I'm not going to speculate on that process. 
But what I'm told are they did move. Phoenicia, Cyprus, Athens, Cyrene, Antioch, all received missionaries in that moment of time. These missionaries who weren't told to move by God, but forced to move, didn't stop sharing the gospel. Remember, they're forced to move because they were sharing the gospel. They move and they still do it. What does Luke tell us happened? It says the hand of the Lord was on them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Jews, Gentiles, people from Antioch, people from Cyrene, people from Athens, people from Phoenicia, they all got these missionaries and their new locations. Could you imagine what our community would look like if we all left this service called to be missionaries? Cornerstone's not under fire. Nobody's trying to tell us we can't share the gospel. We haven't been jailed. We haven't been beaten. We haven't been executed because of our message. In fact, no one's even telling you to move. But what if we just took a step back and went into life with the worldview of a missionary? Maybe instead of Tijuana, you decide, I'm, I'm going to evaluate my neighborhood. What language do they speak? Who are the ones who need to hear the message? Who needs to be cared for? Instead of Costa Rica, what if you considered where I work or what school I go to? Well, who are the ones that are struggling in your school? Who are the ones who need to hear the message in your workplace? Maybe instead of Africa, you say, where do I Congregate. Where do I gather? Who are the regulars at the restaurant you frequent? Your hairstylist, your fantasy football league, your softball league, your kids' soccer team. What if we all tried to be more like these persecuted folks? Where we live, where we work, and where we play. I had another friend, we're going to call her Mary for this story. Mary felt a similar call, and she and her husband moved from their nice community, nice home, nice lifestyle, to live in a low-income area right here in Knoxville, where they minister. They want their children to grow up in that community. They want to share life in that community. She has a mom's group, has had many opportunities to love and share with her neighbors. And I thought that was odd, because she didn't have to move, but her and her husband did anyway. And so I asked her, why? 
Why would you do that? Why would you give up your American dream? Why would you give up that better school for your kid in a safer neighborhood? She just said Jesus. It was cheesy and awkward, but it was true. You see, as we gather around the table this morning, we have this perfect example, don't we? Of one who had it all. Jesus Christ as the Son of God lived in a perfect environment, and yet we are told he took on our flesh. He lived in our cities. He ate our food, and then he gave up everything. As we eat that bread, we're reminded of a body that Jesus didn't just give, he chose to give. That cup that represents the blood that Jesus chose to spill. I'm going to ask you as we join together to celebrate, to also reflect on everything that Jesus gave up for us. And then let's go out and be missionaries for him. As we sing the next song, I'm going to encourage you to go to one of these tables and take a cup. On the bottom is the bread and the top is the juice. And we'll take that all together after the song. Let's pray. Father God, I can't say thank you enough for your sacrifice, for giving up everything for us. As we sing this next song and reflect, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray that you'll guide our lives. And I pray for opportunities that we can share this wonderful message of what you've done for us and what you mean to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.